Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Live from the Southern Bankhorse Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel, it's the Eagle Hour Wednesday, a windy Wednesday. We'll talk a little later in the program. Make sure you uh, watch out for your weather updates this afternoon. A bunch of straight line winds coming into the Pine Belt and all across the state of Mississippi. So, discuss that a little later. Happy to. Have you along with us all across the state of Mississippi and on the Super Talk Mississippi Network? Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens producing today. Excited to have a special guest coming up in just a second. First segment is always brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Brisket, ribs, sausage, pork, it's all there. And of course, you can finish off a delightful meal with their free soft serve ice cream in the store. Dickie's, the hometown team, located just outside Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg. Well, this big weekend coming up. Of course, the Golden Eagles taking on uh, Louisiana Tech in a three-game series at the Pete. But 10 a.m. in the Rock on Saturday morning is the football spring game. And happy to have joining us uh, today for a few segments, Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall. Coach, how's it going? It's going really good. You know, Luke, uh, excited. We've had a really good spring. We're in a lot better situation than we were a year ago. Uh, you know, we're not a finished product. We're still getting it there as we build this roster, but we've got way more players. We've got more talent. Of course, we had a lot of guys coming back. It's our second year in the program. It's our second year, you know, in Coach Ann Carr's weight program and the way we do things. We've been able to stay healthy. I think our strength conditioning program and us being in a full calendar year in that had a lot to do with that. Uh, you know, knock on wood, we've got two more left. Hopefully we can finish them up and remain healthy because we've been extremely physical. You know, we've stretched it out with off days in between so we can be physical because that's the way we like to do it. Very Alabama, Georgia-like model with how we do things. And uh, so we're looking forward to getting out there again in the morning and taking another step forward and then and then getting after each other on Saturday. Practice 14 in the morning and Coach, 15 practices, and, and you know a lot of listeners curious. So we started spring practice on February the 19th, and we were joking off air. You've kind of taken the Natchez Trace route, winding you know uh, 15 practices over about 40 days. And a lot of our listeners kind of curious about that approach. Yeah, so we try to practice three days a week. All right, Luke, we want to practice as, as a base. You know, barring anything uh, weird with the calendar schedule, we got we try to go every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. What that allows us to do is on you know, so if we practice on Tuesday morning, we're gonna we're gonna practice about two and a half hours. It's gonna be an extremely physical practice where we're gonna knock the crap out of each other. We're gonna get a lot of reps. We're gonna get every kid a lot of work, and it's kind of like football school for us all spring is. So we're gonna do that on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, we're going to lift and meet, okay? And so it allows us to really watch the tape, really digest it, really teach and coach. Then we come back Thursday and practice. Then we come back Friday, lift, meet, teach, and coach. Come back Saturday, do it again. Sunday is a complete off day. 
Come back Monday, meet, lift, teach, and coach. Tuesday we get after. So it allows us to be extremely physical. There's no reason to rush it. Uh, there's nothing better that you could be doing as a football program right now than doing this. So it allows us to slow it down. We had we enrolled 26 newcomers at mid-year, and they can really play. So why would we rush it and pour it on when we can take our time, really teach, coach, teach them how we want to do things, still get good lifts in, and it's really the Alabama-Georgia model, like I said. So we go three days a week. The reason is it's one week longer than what it normally would be because we had spring break in the middle of it. We got nine days in and then had spring break, or we would have been done last week. You know, it should take you five weeks, not six, but we had spring break. Kelly? I wanted to ask you, Coach, about the the transfer portal. You know, a lot of older coaches – I use basketball as an example. A lot of older coaches – who are retiring have have been very public about the fact that the transfer portal is one of the reasons that they decided to step away. It's not old school. It's not the way things were done. But yet the the new age of coaches are going to have to kind of deal with the transfer portal. Kind of give us your view and how, if at all, you've had to change you and your staff's approach to recruiting because of its prominence. You know, Kelly, we've not really had to change, and I think that has a lot to do with where we come from. You know, we're we're uh, small college guys, D two guys, and we've lived in this. We've li- we've been living in the transfer portal our whole lives. You know, that's how you build rosters at the lower level because uh, you used to could transfer down and not sit a year. And, you know, where now you can get in the portal and transfer one time and stay at Division One and not sit. So we've been. We've been building our rosters basically 50-50 for a long time, about half high school, half transfers that are good fit. So it's not a, it's not a lot different for, for most of – well, it's definitely not different for me. It's not different for most of our staff. What we've tried to do since we've been here, and we've been very public about this, is we want to get back to what works for Southern Miss and what's worked forever, and that's recruiting kids from our footprint. And when you look at the kids we got out of the portal – they are they are Southern Miss's kids. They're kids that would probably look you in the eye and tell you they wish they'd have been here the whole time in this culture and in this atmosphere. You know, you're talking about kids from Pearl, Tylertown, Wayne County, uh, you know, the, those places, South Panola, Houston, Mississippi. I mean, those are Southern Miss kids. You know, the fact they went somewhere else before they came here doesn't really matter to us. They're from our footprint. They know what it means to play here. And uh, so we've been, you know, we've signed two great high school classes. We sprinkled some junior college kids in, and we sprinkled some portal kids in. But when you look at it, about 95% of them are from that footprint. One thing I am really proud about, Luke, is, you know, this staff's been here for two recruiting classes. And in those two recruiting classes, we've signed 36 kids that play high school football in the state of Mississippi. Amen. Uh, whether they're portal whether they're Portal, whether they're JUCO, or whether they're high school. They play football right here in this great state. And um, and they're all kids. They weren't kids that just came here because they didn't have anywhere else to go now. These kids had options, okay? We're, we're out of the business of signing a kid that ain't got anywhere else to go. We battle every day in recruiting. If we're not having to battle, uh, we're not doing our job. And so uh, they were all highly recruited kids, and, and that's been – while we're in such a better situation right now than we were a year ago because our roster 
is more talented with more players. And, and Coach, so much was made of uh, Brandon Lacey and, and some of the guys that uh, on the defensive line that have been brought in via the transfer portal. Uh, they they grab most of the ink, if you will, in in the press and in, in the off season. How much of those guys will we will we see on Saturday? And really, just generally, what can Southern Miss fans expect to see at the spring game Saturday? Yeah, so you'll see all of those guys on Saturday, and I think uh, you know those guys do get a lot of headlines, and they should have. You know, we came into a situation here where we were. Uh, we had some skilled kids, but we were really thin on the lines, you know, on the line of scrimmages on both sides of the ball, and everybody knew that. We did what we could do in a short amount of time to try to help that last year. Uh, but over the course of being here over two classes, we really feel like we fixed that issue for the most part. We're deep on the D-line. We're deep on the O-line. Uh, you know, uh, offensive line at the group of five level is a developmental position in a lot of ways. You know, you're going to get a kid, you know, if a kid's really, really big and really, really strong and really, really talented and understands football, you know, Alabama, there's not a lot. God didn't make a lot of those. You know, Alabama's probably on that kid. So, you know, the group of 5-0 linemen is usually a kid that might be a tall, long kid that's a little bit underweight and you got to get him in here and develop him. Or he's a kid that might not be quite as big but can really play, and you got to develop him. So we've got some good young old linemen in the room that we're developing. They're getting better every day. And uh, we feel like we were able to hit on some portal guys there. And then on the D-line, we were able to get some older portal guys that can really play. And uh, I think we've got a chance to be really special on the D-line. Coach, uh, about a minute left in this segment. Uh you know, people asking that it wasn't a transfer quarterback, and and your your feelings of depth at that position, and you know uh, we've we've got the reports from those guys. But how do you feel about how deep you are at the at the QB position right now? Well, you know, you know everybody, you know there was a lot of uh, media coverage about the possibility of us taking a transfer, and I'm you know me guys, I'm upfront and honest, whether that's good or bad. I have people tell me all the time, man, you're honest even when you shouldn't be, and. Uh, that's just the way I am. We we did look at and explore a lot of transfer options. I my stance was clear the whole time. If we can bring a transfer in that we feel like is an upgrade and an older kid that we think it will no doubt be the starter, then we will do that. But he's gonna have to be really good now because uh Ty Keys can play, like really play. And he's got a bright future. And Zach Wilkie can play. And he's got a bright future. So to bring a transfer in to slow down the development of those young kids, especially if they may not even beat them out, would have been wasting wasting resources, wasting values. We were not able to find that. It wasn't what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, Ty and Zach are both having a phenomenal spring. They're everything you want. And uh, we feel really good about where we're headed, you know, at that position. Good deal. We're going to step aside, let our commercial sponsors talk to you for a minute. Then we're going to be back on the flip side as we continue our conversation with Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall. Eagle Hour continues on Wednesday right after this.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour back from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens. Happy to be joining you on this windy Wednesday Afternoon second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. You're coming in this weekend. You're coming in to watch the Eagles uh, whoop up on La Tech. You're coming in for the spring game. Go pick up some swag at Campus Bookmark, or you can order right from where you are right now, campusbookmark.net. Campus Bookmark, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Happy to uh, continue with Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall. Spring game coach at 10 a.m. on Saturday and different coaches do it different ways. Back in the day with uh, with Coach Bauer, they would just split the roster down the middle and we'd play a game and I know uh, sometimes you, you want to get real good on good. What's the format? What's the roster format and, and what can uh, fans expect to see Saturday morning at 10? Yeah, so you know, we will have uh, – all of our offensive kids will be in white jerseys. All of our defensive kids will be in black jerseys. And we're going to go. You know, we're going to go good on good. We'll go one offense versus one defense and two offense versus two defense. We've got a lot of competition at all those groups. And there will be some kids that are rolling with each group. Then we're going to go good on good, punt versus punt return, live. Uh, and then we'll go threes. We'll go three offense versus three defense. And then we'll do it again. Okay, so that's going to be kind of the format of the day. Anytime the offense drives to a situation where there could be a kick, we will kick it live, good on good, whether that's a field goal or an extra point. And uh, But we'll go ones, twos, punt versus punt return, then we'll go threes, and we're going to keep rolling through that thing. Uh, we'll do just open, uh, put the ball down, you know, what about the minus 25 to minus 30-yard line area and drive it. We'll do some red zone work later on in the scrimmage. We will have a third down portion in the scrimmage where we go four consecutive plays of third down. And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll have the chains out there and all that. But uh, you'll get to see. We're not holding anybody out. Everybody's playing. That's the way we roll here, baby. It's Southern Miss. Uh, if you ain't waking up and going to work, you don't get to be a part of this program. So uh, we're going to go. Probably all in all, we'll get about 150 snaps of 11 on 11. So uh, everybody will get to participate, and it should be a fun day. All the newcomers, you know, the fans will get to see, you know, the newcomers. They'll get to see some of the old heads and how they've gotten better. And uh, the quarterbacks will not be live. They'll be in a red jersey, uh, you know, which kind of sucks, I'll be honest with you, because Ty and, and Zach are very mobile. They can really run. Uh, so it kind of takes away from some of their game, but it is what it is. Well, I feel really good about their development and where they're headed, so we're not going to let them be live right now. Well, Coach Hall, as much as you had to deal with last year, and in the 157 years that I've covered college sports and high school sports, I never saw any football team at any level have to go through essentially eight quarterbacks. Do you ever again anticipate in your still young career, but do you ever anticipate ever seeing that again? No, I don't, Kelly. You know, and uh, it was unfortunate. It is what it is. Uh, and, you know, everybody likes to ask me, you know, Coach, do you think you got enough quarterbacks? Yeah, we think we do, you know. And uh, we got three in the room that were highly recruited. And, uh, you know, with Ty and Zach and then Trey Lowe's back, and he was highly recruited. And Trey, 
you know, Trey was doing some decent things before he got hurt. You know, he had a really good first half against Grambling. Uh, he's a steady Eddie. Uh, but right now, Ty's in the, in the lead right now at that position. He's had a phenomenal spring. He's really made a jump over the second half. We think he's got a bright future. And Zach, you know, Zach ought to be a senior in high school right now. Uh, he is so talented. You can see him flash. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot. We do a lot on offense, and we do a lot on defense. It's going to be good for him to complete spring ball, take a step away, and then he's got all summer. We've played freshman quarterbacks before. He's going to be a good one. Uh, But, you know, shoot, man. You know, a few years ago, Alabama had Tua. They had Jalen Hurts, and they had Mac Jones. And I bet nobody knows who the guy after that was because they don't know who it is either. You know, so if you got three – you know, do you need a fourth? Do you need a fifth? Do you need a sixth? I don't know. Uh, there ain't very many programs that do. We've got some good kids in the program competing right there, and we're recruiting right now for next year. But we feel really good about, you know, where we're at at quarterback, specifically with how young they are and how talented they are and where the, you know, where, where the program's moving. Right? I, I think there was, there, was, there was kind of some, you know, discussion, albeit public, of course, general public discussion, that maybe Trey Lowe would, would transfer, not transfer, but transition to perhaps a tight end position. Was there ever, did that discussion ever get any legs or is that, that never happened? Well, I just, you know, I, we had some, me and Trey, uh, I think the world of Trey, Trey is a first-class human being, and me and Trey have had a lot of, of candid, honest conversations with each other about where I thought the program was headed and what his future could be and, uh, you know, and what all his options were. Ultimately, he wants to be a Golden Eagle. He loves it here, and, uh, and he wants to play quarterback, so that's what he's, you know, that, that's what he's going to do, and, uh, and, and we're glad to have him in the program. Coach, um, kind of turning the page a little bit, and we're going to talk about this. We won't waste your time with it, but the the statement yesterday, it looks like uh, the settlement and the negotiations between Conference USA and Marshall Old Dominion and Southern Miss done. You will now be, as of July 1st, a, a head football coach in the Sunbelt Conference, and I think all of us knew that that was coming. But, Coach, you start looking at this schedule. I know you got Hugh Freeze coming in, then you're going to Miami. Uh, you got Tulane, and then how excited are you for these regional opponents? You got Louisiana coming in on a Thursday night. You got South Al here. You get to go to Coastal Carolina. I mean, how excited are you personally and as the coach of Southern Miss to finally know you're going to be a uh, head football coach in the Sun Belt? Yeah, I'm just I'm excited to be in a conference that's really well run, uh, that's very organized. Amen. That has leader, you know, that has leadership and has a plan, uh, and 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 all that because that that just gives you confidence. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but also, I'm excited for our fan base because, like, we play nine games next year within a four hour drive of campus, I believe. All right, on yeah. the years where we play Texas State at home, more than likely we're going to play ten games in those years within a four to five hour drive from campus. So it's just going to be great for our fan base. It's going to be great. For the regional rivalries, uh, it's a league that has great football history within those schools, and uh, it, it just gives us a solid, firm foundation of what the future is going to look like, and what we can expect, and what we can strive and hope for. Our kids are excited about it. You know, our staff is, and uh, I think it's been a great move by you know Dr. Bennett and Jeremy McLean and our whole administration here. 
to get that done. Yeah, I've, I've actually heard some civic clubs in the Hattiesburg Laurel area saying they're actually going to be planning trips, you know, bus trips to these different places. So that that four hours certainly can't be can't be uh, underestimated. I know I'm lo- I'm looking forward to making some some more road trips as well. Coach, tell us after the spring game, then what what's the calendar look like for your kids before they report back in August? What is their responsibility and what do you guys do in that time? Yeah, so during that time, we'll take a, we'll take the next two weeks. Kelly, we got it all mapped out. We're going to study what we did in spring ball, uh, refine our schemes uh, schematically. Uh, as far as the staff goes, we're going to get a plan uh, with recruiting for when it does open up and we hit the road, which will be two weeks after spring ball splits, and then we'll attack recruiting as a staff all the way through May. Then June hits, and that's camp season. I will have camps on campus, bringing a bunch of people to campus to evaluate them. As far as our players go, they'll get back to lifting five days a week with Coach Ancor. They'll finish up their classwork. Uh, they'll conduct, you know, football practice on their own without the coaches two to three days a week uh, where they'll run that. And that's another reason why I do spring early because you get the systems installed and the kids can keep going. You know, they can keep going without us. And uh, so that's kind of what it looked like. Hey, Kelly, one thing we forgot to talk about, Luke, uh, with the spring game, yeah, we're not going to do any super back at quarterback. But don't let that freak everybody out, okay? <laughs> the super back, we will, all right, we will super back it up in every game a little bit this year. How much will be dependent on if the other team's got a plan for it or not. But that will be a part of what we do, not all of what we do. But you're not going to see it Saturday. I don't want everybody to bought their T-shirts and bumper stickers and think they wasted money. It'll it'll be back in effect in the fall. Rest easy, Golden Eagles. The main man said, "All right, coach, about a minute left. Uh, this is a great question. Based off what you've seen this spring, December first of this year, what would you want? You know, what will be an acceptable headline in, in newspapers?" Oh man. <laughs> Here's what, here's what I'm going to say, Luke. I'm, I'm going to cop out and be a wuss on that question. Okay? But here, here's what I'm going to say. We are a much, much, much improved football program right now. Uh, we are going to be young. We've got 44 kids on scholarship that are sophomores and freshmen. And out of those 44, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, I'm confident that 41 to 42 of them can really, really, really play. All right, so we've hit in recruiting. We are going to be young for one more year, but we're going to be young and talented. Uh, we've got to battle and stay healthy, and uh, we're going to be a much, much, much better outfit than what we were, and we're coming. We're headed back. I can assure yeah. you of that. How quick we get there, I'm not ready to nail it down and tell everybody, but I can assure you this, buy stock in us because we're trending up and we're coming. Coach Hall, before Luke takes us to break, I just want to congratulate you. You're the first guest in the history of the Eagle Hour to ever use the word wuss on the air. Congrats. <laughs> Hey, you well, gonna... Kelly, you, <laughs> Kelly, you know I keep it real, and one thing I want to let y'all know: if your last name is Sergeant and you're from Wilmer, Alabama, then you can hit a baseball. I can promise you that. Are you gonna be All in right? the roost this weekend sometime? You better, you better believe it. You better believe it. That's I will tough. be there. All right, Coach, we appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate all you do for us. To the top. To the top. That's Will Hall, Southern Miss head football coach. Hey, we'll talk more about that Conference USA press release right after this. Eagle Hour continues on Wednesday. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad that you are. 
Kelly Sander and Murr get the controls today at the Southern, Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson is in Laurel. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Lots of times they've got games going on, including trivia. Booty and the gang always have some great trivia contests uh, going on. Of course, there's the pool tables. The place to shoot pool in town is at 4th Street. They've got darts. They've got everything going on all the time, including the plate lunches that you can look up on their Facebook page every day and see not only uh, inexpensive, but nice, nice big portions and Southern Miss fans always there at 4th Street Bar and Grill right over the 4th Street Bridge. And you can see M.M. Roberts Stadium from the front windows at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from New Orleans is Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. And, and Luke, we want to get uh, Patrick's view on the official press release that was released. And again, this wasn't new to us. We reported on the Eagle Hour last week that the mediation things had been settled. But what was Conference USA's official reaction? This uh, released yesterday after we got off air. This is a joint statement from Conference USA, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss. Conference USA, quote, Conference USA, Marshall University, Old Dominion University, and the University of Southern Mississippi have reached a resolution that allows the schools to withdraw as members at the end of the academic year. Conference USA will move forward into the 2022-2023 academic year with 11 members. The universities will compete as members of the Sunbelt Conference, close quote. Patrick, your reaction to that? Not a surprise, yeah? No, it's. Uh, I don't think the three schools would have done what they did you know, earlier this year, if they didn't think they could kind of get this thing handled, uh, you know, so it's uh, it was going to happen. Uh, Conference USA didn't have really that uh, strong a ground to, to stand on. I mean, I'm sure they're going to benefit financially somewhat. Uh, I saw some figures tossed around, but uh, in terms of what the conference might get out of the, the three former members, I, can't, I don't have it on top of my head. Uh, but obviously, Southern Miss and the other schools probably decided – yeah, they might take a small hit out of this, but in the long run, maybe even one year, they almost probably <clears throat> make up that uh, that amount of money just in one year in in the Sun Belt. And there's just you know you want to get into Sun Belt as as quickly as possible. Your exposure is going to go up in terms of uh, uh, your relationship with ESPN. Uh, it's it's just much more to Southern Miss's benefit to be uh, in the Sun Belt than a disjointed conference USA that's going to be even more spread out here. Uh, pretty quickly, so the the move needed to happen for Southern Miss, and it needed to happen fairly quickly. And, and I, I know Jeremy McLean is pleased to have this happen about a year earlier than than what was first reported. And Jeremy McLean actually is scheduled to be a guest with us on the Eagle Hour on Friday. So mark your calendars and make sure that you join us Friday when Jeremy McLean will join us live. Luke and I will talk more about that in the final segment. But Patrick, uh, news that the New Orleans Saints, some some roster changes and guys coming in, guys leaving, kind of bring us up to date. Yeah, I guess the the real, uh, it, you know, Malcolm Jenkins announced today that he's retiring. It was kind of you know, thought that was a good possibility, but it was a little bit of a surprise uh, that they signed Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback yesterday. Uh, I think we knew that was a possibility, but I think everybody thought now that Jameis was in the fold, they might do, go a different way or a different route as the backup. I mean, there was even some talk that somehow the Saints might up with Dalton as their starting quarterback, and I think Mickey Loomis and everybody is grateful that, that Jameis is back and that they have at this point, you know, two guys that are capable at starting at, at quarterback and winning football games. So it's interesting uh, to see how things are going to go forward. Uh, I think there's a possibility that the Saints uh, might somehow lose a draft pick or two out of this. 
uh, by signing Dalton because they'll have to give up some some level of compensation. I think uh, that's not a, a guarantee by any means, but it's a possibility. So you're taking a little bit of a chance by going with Dalton. You know, a quarterback is going to demand just a little bit of money, and and I know the Saints are hoping hoping they can hold on to those uh, that third and fourth round draft. So con- so contractually and roster wise, where does Taysom Hill fit in now with the Saints? Well, yeah, the, uh, Dennis Allen wants to try out Taysom basically exclusively as a tight end, uh, and you know, it, I, I, you know, I kind of view him as yeah, maybe that maybe that's a perfect fit for him. I know uh, a longtime Commanders fan uh, Bob Bob, if he was here, uh, you know, the the Redskins had success with Cooley and some other guys at the tight end. They were essentially H backs as they can move around a little bit, and he would just basically factor in exclusively in the passing attack. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Taysom adjusts. I mean, he's already had experience in that role some with the Saints, just somewhat limited because they've really moved him around so much. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Lord knows the Saints need some help at tight end. Uh, that's yes. not, that was not a position of strength last year. You know, but contractually, you remember last year, so much was made of all this money they quote-unquote threw mm-hmm. at Hill. So all of this has got to be restructured, I'm assuming. Well, no, I mean, the, the contract on the front end was kind of structured to where he was going to make only, you know, like the top end of that contract if he was a quarterback. Uh, so basically, it's a deal. I think somebody pointed out that uh, in terms of tight ends in the NFL, uh, in terms of cap hit, uh, Taysom Hill will be just number 17 out of all tight ends in terms of a, a hit on the Saints cap. So that kind of tells you uh, that the way the contract was structured, that it was kind of set up to where he could potentially slide into a different role. Let's talk for a minute about Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, Patrick, Lauren and I moved to New Orleans in 2008, and then, of course, uh, the great Super Bowl season in 2009. He was the number one draft pick that year uh, for the Saints, 14th overall. Great run, and he actually came in. People kind of forget he came in at quarterback, and I mean at cornerback, and you know, Sean, Sean uh, Payton kind of the next spring was like, hey, uh, we're moving this guy to safety. And, of course, you know, it works out when Sean Payton usually decides to do something. What will his legacy be, you know, among Saints fans going forward? Well, I, you know, he had some time with the Eagles, but I think everybody will remember him as a Saint. He, you know, he starts as a Saint, goes out as a Saint, and he really had an impact on the franchise. And he was around for, you know, a frustrating season or two in New Orleans, but he really goes out as a proven winner. It's one of the most important pieces of a Saints, possibly the best Saints defense they've ever had. I know that, that you know, people want to look back to the, you know, the Dome Patrol and stuff like that, but uh, this year, last year's defense was really as stout as they come uh, whenever they were healthy and on the field, everybody out there. So he was a big piece, and he really didn't lose much of a step, uh, you know, throughout his time. He was always in great shape. I got the chance to meet him uh, uh, earlier uh, during the course of this season, and he's a super nice guy, and I think a well-liked figure, and, and somebody who's super intelligent can speak a lot of uh, speak to a lot of issues and do really do it with depth. Uh, so he he go, he'll go leave a Saint, and I'm sure he'll probably be in the Saints Hall of Fame one day. He's a he's one of the better safeties, if not you know I don't know who you would put above him uh, as yeah. the best safety that ever played for the Saints. Two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, three-time Pro Bowl. Also in college, won the Jim Thorpe Award. Finishes his career with 21 interceptions, eight defensive touchdowns, and had over a thousand thousand tackles. So, uh, kind of, you know, we're we're T minus, you know, less than a month uh, to the draft. What's kind of been the chatter, Patrick? The possibility Saints might go kind of be right there in the middle of the first round. Yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, 
I don't know. I mean, people talk about the possibility of a quarterback. I'm just not buying it. Uh, I, I think this team is – I think the signing of Andy Dalton kind of tells you all you need to know. I mean, this team uh, wants to be built to win this season. So I would expect the Saints to go with the receiver there in the first round. Uh, you know, that they bring back Traquan Smith, uh, get him back in the fold. And, and I thought he played pretty well this past season when he was healthy. I know there's one game where he probably came back a little too early. And he just wasn't himself. But uh, once he got his feet under him, he was really good. And they really like him in the, the rushing attack as a blocker. Uh, so Traquan, they want him to really kind of fill that role and do what he's done. And, and I think, you know, maybe he's somebody that's going to continually progress over the next two or three seasons as a receiver. But I think they really need an athletic, fast guy on the outside to really kind of counter uh, what, you know, to, to balance out what Michael Thomas offers on the other side. So at this point, I'm pretty sold on the Saints. Uh, drafting you know, one of the better receivers in the in the draft there at, at their pick in the first round. Patrick, as we begin to wind down this segment real quickly, any word of what Sean Payton is up to or what he may be, be coming up to down the road? No, uh, I mean, I would assume he's probably still in the run-in at Fox, uh, which is uh, looking to fill that, that prime-time analyst uh, role. They moved up Burkhart uh, from their number two spot to the lead slot as the play-by-play guy, but uh, it, it's possibility to move up Greg Olson, but I, I would think that probably Sean Payton is still getting some consideration uh, from Fox for that main t- uh, role, which I think would make sense because, I mean, you want to put a one big name kind of in that duo. Burkhart's still kind of really good at his job, but he's still kind of uh, uh, building up a reputation. So I, I think it would make sense if they want to, if they think Payton can do, do the job, I think it makes a lot of sense there. Uh, but it'll, it'll wait to be seen, but obviously right now Payton's trying to get into Get in somewhere as a TV analyst. Luke, when these guys can make that kind of money on, on, on TV, you know, you would think that radio would, some of it would trickle down to radio, wouldn't you think? Well, I mean, us radio guys, <laughs> we don't even make as much as, you know, big-timers like Patrick McGee make. We're just kind of at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. You know all about that, don't you, Patrick? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I'm in New Orleans. It's the big money. Big yeah, money. The, the big city. Big money, well, big pressure, big taxes, it all greet, goes hand in hand. Greet yeah. blue for us, Patrick. Say, say that again. Greet blue for us. Oh, yeah. Blue, blue will be good. He's, he's freshly groomed. He's sitting here napping. He, he always listens to the show every after every afternoon. Which would explain why he's napping. <laughs> <laughs> in the finals. Thank you, Patrick. Always good to talk to you, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. All right, in our final segment of the Eagle Hour today, Luke Johnson and I are gonna are gonna take a look at, at what this means now that everything seems to be cut and dry. The Eagles are headed to the Sun Belt officially. We'll fill in some of those blanks as the Eagle Hour continues on this Wednesday after this timeout. Southern Miss to the top. Good times today with Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall and Patrick McGee of NOLA.com. If you missed those interviews, you can go back and listen on demand later today, supertalk.fm, or you can check out the podcast versions of the Eagle Hour located on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Eagle Hour, fourth segment brought to you every day by DBAT and D1 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. 
dbathattiesburg.com. A couple news and notes. Women's tennis, uh, blank Alcorn State yesterday, uh, four matches to nil, and finish our wrap-up a perfect 8-0 and home record they'll get ready uh, this uh, weekend they're gonna they're gonna take it to louisiana tech too kelly so uh, lady ladies tennis heads to ruston on friday and they will take on louisiana tech starting at 10 a.m on friday men's tennis also um defeated fau looks like no they got fau coming up. i get confused on these schedules because there's a lot going on on they beat alcorn four to nothing and they have fau coming up on saturday that's men's tennis Apologize for the confusion. Southern Miss Saltball gets a two double two game doubleheader sweep yesterday against Jackson State. Game one they win five to three. Game two shortened to five innings. Uh, Lady Eagles knock off the Lady Tigers eleven to nothing. They'll take the weekend off and take on Mississippi State next week. Lady Eagle Golf finishes 10th at the Chattanooga Classic out of 20 teams. Freshman Elena Melich finishes 20th overall. And this was big news, Kelly. Uh, The National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association has named Christopher Sargent a co-national hitter of the week. Also, uh, D1 Baseball naming Sargent the national player of the week for last week as the Golden Eagles went 4-0. The uh, the first baseman for Southern Miss went 12 of 20, nine runs, three doubles, five bombs, and 15 RBIs. And according to Will Hall, Kelly Sander, what can Christopher Sargent do? If well, he can, what is it, rake? No, he can flat out hit. What was the exact? A baseball. Oh, there you go. There you go. He can yeah. hit a baseball. Well, because I spend too much time out in the roost and, and sometimes lose track of the game, too. You know? <laughs> If if you know what I mean. So that should be a good weekend uh, coming up weather-wise on Saturday. You know, about a 30% chance of, of rain, but we'll, we'll hope that that, that, that weather uh, will certainly hold off. More on this uh, statement now by Conference USA officially releasing not only the statement, but releasing Old Dominion, Southern Miss, and Marshall to head to the Sun Belt. Initial reports from from various media sources talked about the conference wanting $6 million from each of the schools. That's what they went into the, the mediation wanting, was $6 million per school. We're told that they didn't get near that. The specific numbers uh, haven't been released, but only to say that they didn't get near the $6 million that they were hoping for. And for anybody that, that, you know, that might disparage this move, of any of the schools going to the Sun Belt, remember the old adage that it does take money to make money. All right, so there might be a little bit of output on the front end for Southern Miss, but long haul, and we've talked about this for at least two years on this program, that a move to the Sun Belt we felt would be beneficial. And now it's full speed ahead. I don't think really, Luke, uh, anybody at the universities involved were too surprised that this was going to happen. You knew that before they even made the announcement that they were going to move, they had to, you know, look at every contingency. Okay, if we make this announcement, what is the how is the conference going to react? What are the legal entanglements that we can get in? You know that they certainly navigated all of those seas to come up with this. But now to use another naval term, it is full speed ahead. Yeah, I mean, props uh, to Dr. Bennett, props to Jeremy McLean for uh, for just sticking to their guns and their strength in numbers. I mean, the, the entire time, these three schools, Marshall, Old Dominion, Southern Miss, you look at some of the press releases, uh, you know, they they were one in voice, and that, that helped. And the fact that, you know, Conference USA 
just uh, eventually just blinked. I mean, that, that's what happened. It was a stare down, and uh, kudos to our guys as well as uh, the people in Huntington and Northfolk. They held their ground, and now uh, it looks like July 1st uh, we will be in the Sunbelt Conference. And, and you see where it's not, just, it's not just radio guys like us that were talking about the lack of leadership at Conference USA. Now you're starting to hear people of an official nature say this, this – the lack of leadership is going to kill that conference if it hasn't already to a large degree. And, and what will it take for, and it's, it's not for us to worry about anymore because conference USA is in the rearview mirror, but what is it going to take for the, for the presidents of the institutions of conference USA to demand better leadership or make a change, get yep. a change in leadership at conference USA because it's not working. It will be um, it'll be interesting to see how they you know pull off uh, the conference schedule now. Hey, we're going to be on the road tomorrow. Where are we going to be? We're going to be at Ramey Motors in uh, in Purvis. Our scheduled guest, uh, Michael Avalon, the head baseball coach at Pearl River Community College. His team uh, ranked number one in the country, I think, in the latest uh, rankings. But he he coached a couple of Golden Eagles that are having great baseball seasons right now, Reese Ewing and Landon Harper. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that and how Pearl River is not only getting getting guys signed at Southern Miss, but unfortunately there's other Pearl River guys that are headed to other teams in the Sun Belt. We're going to break all that down tomorrow as we originate the program live from Raby Motors and Purvis, Pearl River baseball coach Michael Avalon, among others, and then Jeremy McLean with us live on Friday, so you want to be here for that. But that'll do it for this Wednesday edition here in Hattiesburg and Laurel. For producer Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Luke Johnson is in Laurel. Until we talk to you tomorrow, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.